Hello, Peter. Hey, Jen. I haven't seen you since last year. Last decade, even last decade. Oh my goodness! Well, I hope your 2020 is off to a great start. So far, so good. I would love to talk about how you are kicking off your 2020 to a great start. Hmm. Interesting. A little review and reflection type exercise, maybe. Yep. Let's do it. For the first time in 2020, this is the long and the short of it. All right. So many ideas to share, but I thought I would kick us off with this. A couple weeks ago, I was on a call with a bunch of clients, and the conversation turned to theme words. For the year, and people were sharing my theme for 2020 is, and my theme for 2020 is, and I'm curious to know. First of all, do you do that? And second, what did you pick? I love this. I didn't know this had spread to all the way to New York City. So, a good friend of mine and change maker in Australia, Mary Freer, has this exercise that she's walked me through around. So she does this often in a workshop setting, but she also like we all did it at the end of last year, I guess. So I haven't done it for this year yet. I did it for 2019. Mary's exercise is she lays out all of these words on a big table, just one like one word, and they're like scattered and they're laminated and they look really pretty. And the idea is you like see which ones you're drawn to, and you pick usually like between one to three. And that becomes your word of you know you might do it once a month, you might do it once a quarter, or you might do it once a year. And so I did this exercise with Mary and a few other friends at the start of 2019, and wrote down my two words on my whiteboard, and they stayed there for the entire year. And I stared at them every single morning, and I thought about what they mean to me every single morning. And I think it was quite helpful and quite useful. And I think I embodied the two words. Quite well. What were they? Well, this is what I'm getting to. I'm just building up the suspense. Oh, okay. <laughs> the suspense is killing me. So the first word, I feel a little vulnerable even saying this, but let's do it. The first word was world class, which I know is two words. And so I don't know if we've mentioned this in the podcast, but there was an interview I heard with someone years ago who talked about this idea of being world class at everything you do. And she took it as far、mm-hmm. as like when she does the photocopying, she's like, "How can I be a world class photocopier?" Or when I'm making dinner, how can I make dinner in a way that's world class? Essentially, trying to bring this idea of world class into all of your actions. And I really liked that. I was like, "I'm, I'm obsessed、Love、with this、it. idea of if you're going to do things, do things really well." So, world class was my first word slash two words. And then the second was, I think it was a little bit of recency bias because I was literally reading Brene Brown's Dare to Lead in the moment I did this exercise, and it was Rumble.、Mm-hmm. And so the idea of a Rumble is to have sort of uncomfortable, brave, difficult conversations and lean into them if and when they're required, and not hide from the hard parts. And again, I think I did that pretty well this year. It was scary, it was terrifying, and it was joyful, and all of the above. Which we sort of talked about in the Aha Moments episode, but yeah, they were my two words of 2019, and I found it really useful. Have you have you like done something like this before? I haven't done anything that official,、mm. but I was 
inspired by the conversation I was having with my clients and also had been finding a focal point for 2020. Mm -hmm. And so it felt like a bunch of ideas came together in that moment. And I did pick, I guess you would call it a theme for Ooh. the year, but it's really an an action for the year. Something that I had already been pointing toward, but now I've said it out loud to a lot of people, and I guess I'm about to say it out loud on the podcast. Say it, tell so. me, what is it? So I hope this makes sense. Leak the content Ooh. is my theme for 2020. As I shared in the aha moments episode, I had an aha moment about needing to lift the walls a bit at the studio mm -hmm. and allow some of the content to get outside of the four walls. And I was really trying to come up with an image that would satisfy two things. One, protect the people within the studio mm -hmm. and keep them safe within the walls and then also allow things to get outside the walls. So I, when I thought about a dam mm. and poking holes in the dam, what is inside? The people inside are still protected, but the juicy content is getting outside the walls. The so that's my intention for 2020 is to be more generous in terms of how I'm sharing content and with whom. I love it. It's such a typical Waldmanism to have a very visual phrase to like leak and you've already thought about the dam and you've thought about how that's going to like drip out as opposed to just like share content, <laughs> <laughs> which is probably what I would have done. Okay, I like that. Have you thought of what it's going to be for you for 2020? No, I actually like I'm thinking about this right now because I'm recognizing usually what I do, my process is usually at some point in the first week of January, I will do like a review of 2019 and then like think about words and ideas and actions for 2020, I guess this year. But in this moment, I haven't actually, I haven't actually done that because we're recording this a few days early. So I'm trying to think about it right now, but I also don't want to like fast track it because I like to do a few things which I'm happy to talk through in order for me to get yeah, there. Yeah, could you actually talk us through what your process is? Because as it's the first week of January, perhaps some of our listeners would like to employ your methods. Okay, yes. So I know you think that this is fun, such a fun conversation because for you, this is like the dates are arbitrary, right? Because you're a questioner. So I'm grateful that you're like leaning. But there's a there's a lot of good research about mm -hmm. what it means to start fresh. Mm -hmm. So I accept that the beginning of the year, the beginning of any period of time, is a great time to start something. Yeah. Okay. So my process, I've used, I've done this process for the last, I want to say three or four years. I iterated a little bit. Like last year, I added the words which I hadn't done before, but generally what I do is I start with a review and so what I'll do is I'll look through two things. One is I look through my calendar, my Google calendar, back through the year and I make a note of anything that brought me joy or like was something that was memorable in a good way, in a positive way. And then on the other side, I'll make a note of like things that like drain me a little bit that might be in my calendar that I was like, oh, I wish I didn't have to do that or didn't go to that thing or do that activity. 
So I start there. I actually, I said two, two places I review. I just realized there's three. <laughs> so <laughs> the second is my photo reel in my phone. I have an assertion that the only time I really get my phone out to take a photo is when there's something joyful or interesting or fun in front of me that I feel I want to capture. And so going through that reminds me of those things. And again, I just like write them down as a list. And this is like no filter, just writing them down. What do I see? Do I see, or like every second day there was a photo of a coffee. So obviously just having a quiet moment to have a coffee was something that was interesting. So I just write this down. And then the third one I do, which I think perhaps the most interesting place to review is we've talked before about the five-minute journal which is a product from intelligent change and so essentially for those that aren't familiar the five-minute journal is something that you do in the morning and it it asks you what are three things you're grateful for what are three things that would make today great what's an affirmation and you do that the idea is you do that over five minutes in the morning and then at night you actually revisit it and it's what are three awesome things that happened today And what's one thing you could do better? So I actually go back and I read all of the things I was grateful for, all of the things I said were awesome, and then all of the things Mm. that I think I could have done better. And I try and find themes, essentially. And there are always themes. And it's always like, it's always really interesting to see the things that we're grateful for or that I'm grateful for, sorry, to use myself as an example, are always like related to a conversation I had with Jen or a connection I had with a friend in a cafe or like going for a swim at the beach. They're never expensive. They're never huge giant plans that I've made. They're always like these really simple moments. And so once I've written down all these themes, I look at them and go, okay, well, how do I create more of the moments of joy and less of the moments of like frustration or Mm. the ones that didn't bring me joy? So I just want to pause there to say that's like part one of my process. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. And P.S. Mm-hmm. I have the five minute journal and I've used it, but never religiously. Mm. And the way you just described that, I feel like I can commit. Oh my gosh. Yes, because, you know, once upon a time, I said I was looking for a nighttime ritual, yeah. like a closing ritual. Yeah. And because it's built in, I feel like I could commit to this and have a new addition to my morning routine Mm. and then have just by default an evening routine i like it yeah yeah and the yeah i think the there's more it's more interesting to me now that i have this artifact at the end of the year to look back on Mm -hmm. to look at the things that because it's so easy to get caught up in oh i need my business to earn more money or i need to be doing more of this thing or i need to buy this thing over here And when you look through the things that you're grateful for and the things that are awesome, they're never commodities, like never. It's so interesting. Mm. And so I just like use that as a reminder and an artifact for myself to focus on certain things like relationships, friendships, connections with other people in interesting ways. So there's that. It is a little bit of a, (laughs) I feel like this could be a confronting process for a lot of people. They're like, wow, he really thinks through this end of year thing. The other thing I like to do is I usually send an email to my Square Squad. So Brene Brown Square Squad, which is a very small piece of paper that has the list of the people whose opinions matter to you, essentially. And I'll usually send them an email that says something along the lines of, what do you think I did well last year and what should I do more of or what should I do better next year? And that is always very interesting to get that. So this is like I collect all of this data and information 
from the last year and then I look at it and try and find themes and I basically think about what do I want to focus on knowing all of this information. And last year, how I did that was I'll come up with two words that relate to that. So I might do something similar this year, but I like the idea of them being actions. Yeah, me too. Because then you know if you're doing it or not. Right. Yeah. And I like the idea of it being a really like visceral metaphor, like leaking the content. <laughs> and I come up with one of those. So that's pretty intense and exhaustive, I know. Is, have you got a, do you have a process of reflection or are you just like... Yes. I tend to review at multiple points throughout the year. I'm mm. more of like a quarterly sort of person like because I like to make a lot of adjustments on what I'm working toward. Mm. But I will say that part of my reviewing process is, as you know, I look far into the future. <laughs> so <laughs> I have just... I guess you could say completed my future planning, just looking at what the next 12 months looks like. Typically, I'll be working on one major project in each quarter. Mm -hmm. And I had a little heart flutter moment because the front half of 2020 has one project too many. And I'm trying to figure out what to do with that. Ooh. So the next couple of weeks for me are going to be about managing my resource of time and mm -hmm. making sure that I have all the resources that I need in order to make good on what I have said yes to and figure out how to make that work. So I'm less about the looking back right now and more about the looking forward mm. to make sure that I'm setting the year up for success. Love it. So you just sparked a thought in me, two thoughts from two resources that I think relate to all of this that I've come into contact with recently. And I think this will probably form part of the action that I decide for next year, for this year, sorry. And so one of them comes from Adam Grant, who did a just a brilliant, brilliant interview recently on the Tim Ferriss podcast. It was so good. My goodness. I listened to it immediately Back, back to back immediately after I'd finished it the first time because it was so good. One thing that I, this wasn't what I was going to say, but the idea of manager days versus maker days is something I'm thinking about mm. for, for 2020, which is it reminded me of what you talked about in our seasons episode of having like seasons that might be monthly mm -hmm. or quarterly. And he took this to the micro where he said he has certain days of the week, which are what he calls maker days, which is essentially I'm offline, but I'm like, being creative, I'm building stuff, I'm being proactive. And then other days, which are manager days, which are like I'm replying to emails, I'm doing the admin, I'm doing all those nitty-gritty manager tasks. And so I like the idea of saying every Monday is a maker day or something. So I'm, I don't know what that looks mm -hmm. like, but I'm thinking about that. That was a side note. The two points I think about as you reflect on looking forward for 2020 one was from the Adam Grant podcast and he talked about this idea of productivity being overrated and that usually well, his assertion is we, it's not that we have a productivity problem, it's that we have a project problem and that we're focusing on the wrong projects if we're so worried that we can't be productive within those projects. And mm -hmm. his, his idea was we should be picking projects that we just like have no effort or tension against starting or doing it or like being in flow. And so, 
I'm thinking about that a lot. Of how do I prioritize or pick projects that are projects I want to work on as opposed to ones you feel like you have to? Thinking about that and then tying it into the, the guy that does the Dilbert comic, his name is Scott Adams. He's a really, really interesting kind of contrarian thinker. And I just read his, reread one of his books called How to Fail at Almost Everything and Still Win Big. <laughs> That's what the book's called. <laughs> And something he talks about in there is essentially when it comes to prioritization in like on the macro view in your life, you should only prioritize things that give you energy. Like that should be your, that's your macro focus. And so he talks about about that being like health and exercise, but then like the work that you do, it should be work and relationships with people who energize you that maximizing your energy should be the sole focus of everything you do in your life. And so I'm thinking about what that looks like in 2020. Ooh, maybe you've just landed on a theme, maximize your energy. Mm, yeah. I like it. I want to come up with an interesting metaphor for it though. That's a bit boring. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't saying you're boring. I mean, like, they were my words. <laughs> uh, I want to share with our listeners when I do the look ahead exercise, look at the next 12 months. The way I do it is on a single sheet of paper. I have an entire year represented on one sheet of paper. And essentially down the left side of the page are the months and across the top, moving left to right, are the days of the month. And they're blank. I write them in by hand because I redo them a lot. And what I have learned for myself is that if the page is full, I got a problem. Interesting. So essentially what I'm representing on the one page are the ship dates for the year. Mm-hmm. So like I said, I have two projects in the first quarter of the year. So when I see those with not a lot of white space in between them, I you know get a little nervous. And then you and I have a ship date mm-hmm. in April, and I've got one over the summer, and I'm figuring out what the fall looks like. Interesting. But the being able to just see the major dates lets me know where I can sort of press on the gas pedal a little and ask myself to really contribute a lot and then where do I need to ease up a bit because I have a long-term project coming up Mm. because sometimes there's a ship date and there are only a couple weeks of work leading up to said ship date and sometimes the ship date is in December and I'm working on it now Mm. and so I know that for that particular project I need to pace things and this might be like individual specific, but for you, is it the idea you want one ship date per quarter? Is that just the number you landed on? It tends to work out that way, but that's not a hard and fast rule. For example, in the summer when the studio is very quiet in the summer in terms of group classes, I could probably take on a bit more. So what I do take on at that point is 
Sprint on the book, mm-hmm. sprint, on, sprint the book. on the book. That tends to be what's happening during the summers. Meanwhile, haven't reached that finish line yet, but still working on it. You're getting there. You're getting there. All right. I like that. So a year on a page for Jem Woman. Hmm. Okay. Another thing I do at the beginning of every year is we have a community event at the studio called the Kickstart. Nice. Where we get our community together and identify what we as a group are working toward. And it's just an opportunity. It's very informal, but it's an opportunity for people to put ideas on the table and for us to sort of take the temperature of the community so we know really what's important to us as we begin a new year. And coincidentally, the beginning of the calendar year is also the beginning of audition season for the theater community. So it's a really great time to get focused on what matters and what we're really working toward. I love it. I feel like the the idea of a kickstart is kind of the whole point to a degree of everything we've spoken about so far. Is like, can I review what I've been doing well and what I've not necessarily been doing well? Can I plan out some things for the next year, maybe some actions in order to kickstart the new year and then continue to build on that momentum moving forward? Before we wrap up, I've been, I think we should maybe start a drinking game or something (laughs) where because it's 2020, like every time someone says it's the year of vision, we take a drink. But I do feel like... Oh my gosh, I just got that. (laughs) But as cheesy as it sounds, I'm grateful for 2020 being the year of vision. And you really can't look away from the metaphor. So my hope for us, Pete, is that we get really focused on our vision for the work we're doing, Mm. that we're able to get really clear with how we can show up in service of our listeners to help them find their vision so that we can all move forward toward the work we want to do, the change we're seeking to make, and the communities we're looking to build. Yes, which feels like an appropriate way to wrap up from two people wearing glasses talking about 2020 vision and how we need assistance in order to get there. (laughs) And that is the long and the short of it.